0: All right, everybody, welcome to episode two of Gasoline and Caffeine, the Amateur Gearheads podcast. Uh, We left off last time uh, talking about the end of my Ford Focus and then the beginning of the new car, and uh, I'll tell you about that uh, this episode. We'll go into some motorcycles, too, because motorcycles have been a favorite thing of mine, uh, my whole life. And then I have an interesting new story of a new uh, electric GT car that I want to share with you guys just because I thought it was really cool. It looks cool, um, and it just looks like it might be a lot of fun. It's probably going to be expensive, but I figured i want to talk about it. So uh, let's not wait any longer. Let's get into episode two of Gasoline and Caffeine. in with the 2012 focus that i was in um and then ending up being totaled and everything and they go on to pick a new car so um i left off with that the car that i ended up getting i searched for a couple of different things um the first thing that caught my eye because um i live in california gas is expensive taxes are expensive uh vehicles are expensive i wanted a truck uh i like trucks i've always you know I've had trucks for a long time um they're just a lot of space they're convenient They're easy to get out of things like that um but then the more i started looking at prices and everything the more i started looking just looking at cars because it, it was just going to be cheaper overall even if i got a performance vehicle of some sort it was going to be cheaper than owning a truck um so i started kind of looking at um different types of sedans and stuff um You know, before my daughter, so my daughter was born in January. So if this had happened before she was born, before she was a thing, I definitely would have been looking at things like Camaros, Mustangs, um, you know, two door sports cars, things that are fun to drive. Um, But since Ellie got here, um, I really don't have that option anymore. I have to have something that's um, bigger, that's going to be easier to get in and out of, something that's safe, um, and something that's going to be decent on gas, um, and something that's going to be, I'm going to be able to put all of her crap in. You know, she's got car seat and strollers and diaper bags things like that uh so i was looking at uh, some different things the first one that caught my eye when i saw it come out because i saw one near here i think it was blue i can't remember exactly i just remember seeing it but it was a kia k5 the front end of that car looks flippin awesome it comes standard with a turbocharged four liter i don't remember if it's a two liter or a 1.8 liter or what it is but it's like i don't know 200 250 something horsepower for, for that car it looks good it looks like it's a lot of fun to drive so that was definitely something that I thought about. Unfortunately, with all the COVID stuff and everything going on, by the time that I got the check from my car, and I was as I was looking around dealerships and things here, nobody had any. Uh, the only one, if I remember right, the only one that was here was like one of their top tier like performance models, and that was almost forty, forty-five thousand dollars, something like that. And it was kind of out of my price range um, for a car that I didn't plan on keeping i mean i plan on keeping the car i have for a while but the thing is it's not a car that i'm going to fall in love with and just keep for a long time it's here for the moment because at some point i'm gonna have to get something else Um, i'm either gonna have to upgrade in size or once ellie's a little bit more independent i might be able to go get that car that i want that two-door sports car i don't know Um, but more important that like i said the most importantly thing the most important thing is it needed to be cheap um So with that Kia K5, the only one that was around here, I just decided against it. Uh, I looked around. I like Corollas uh, and Camrys. Sorry, Camrys, not Corollas. The Corolla is a smaller one. I liked the Camrys. They looked really good. The newer ones look really good. Um, They have some pretty good options. Uh, But Toyotas are uh, fairly expensive, too, and there was not very many used ones around here. There's a lot of new ones. There's just not very many used ones. Um, And then I ended up stopping at a Hyundai dealership. Hyundai and Kia are pretty much the same car. Um, And I had seen that they had redesigned the Elantra, and I think they redesigned the Sonata a little bit, but they redesigned the Elantra big time uh, over the past, I mean, just, I think, five years. They've redesigned it massively a couple of times. The previous generation to the 2021-2022 was not, to me, it was not very... Uh, pleasing on the eye I did not like the way the front end was designed a lot of they're popular i see a lot of them but i I just didn't like the way they were designed aesthetically i did not like the way that they looked so i looked at a few uh elantras the the they have the se the sel and they had a limited they didn't have any of the inlines there and the inline for those of you don't know that's just hyundai's like uh, performance version of that specific model of car there's a sonata inline there's an elantra inline there might even be like Palisade or uh, Tucson inlines. I don't know. But I know that there's an Elantra and a Sonata inline. And so I looked at them. I like the way they looked. They looked good. I like the way they were redesigning everything. Um, just looking at them, I think that the base model started at like $19,000. Um, but it doesn't come with some of the really nice features that you get for like less than $1,000 more. Or maybe just over $1,000 more. Yeah, it's about 11, $1, dollars $1,200 more. You get like keyless entry and and push-button start, and then you get the lane assist and the mirror um, blind spot warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they all come with rear-view camera. Um, but things like that. And so between the SE and the SEL, the SEL was the better deal. But I was looking at, like, the Limited. The Limited started at $25,000, and it was the same car, essentially. The only difference was it had, it, um, like, those premium rims, uh, had a little bit different grill. And some different like um, trim things like that. It, it aesthetically, like like it, on the exterior, it didn't look too much different. The biggest thing was the rims. So on the interior, though, it came with a much bigger screen. It came with a digital dash, that I thought was really cool. But it wasn't worth five grand more. Um, the inline is actually something I probably would have ended up going with just because of the the gearhead in me, because it's a 200 horsepower 1.6 liter turbo. Uh, and the thing it was awesome. We watched some videos of it and people said it's surprisingly fun to drive for what it is and as cheap as it is. And that's probably what I would have gotten. But unfortunately they didn't have any and they were to get one, they they told me it was gonna be something like uh weeks to months. And so I was I just I needed a car. I couldn't rent a car for that long, and I was like, whatever, you guys have an SEL, you have one that's not white. Um, I don't want black, I don't want white, pretty much anything else I'll take. And they had this color that looked really good. It was like a dark gray with just a touch of like copper or gold, I guess you could call it. And it looked awesome. They called it uh, liquid metal. And it looked really good. And I said, I'll take that one. And so I ended up getting a Hyundai Elantra SEL. It's a 147 horsepower, two liter, four cylinder. Um, it gets really good gas mileage. And like I said, this wasn't a... Um, uh, Let's blow the pants off of things. You know, have fun type of car. This was. This had to be a reasonable car. I didn't have a choice with the kid and everything coming. Uh, but I just want to tell you guys what I got and what I think of it because some people might be in the same situation I am. Uh, and it was fairly cheap. um I think base price for the SEL is like twenty one thousand. They had some rebates and stuff going on, so I think it ended up coming out to about just under twenty or just over twenty. I think. But then, you know, I had taxes and stuff and things like that. I think the total off the door ended up being, like, $24,000. But it gets really good gas mileage. It looks really good. It rides really good. The entertainment system is awesome. The, the power is surprising. It has a very short power band with this little four-cylinder engine. But if you can keep it between, like, 35 and 45, 35 and 5,000 RPM, that thing gets up and goes. You know, it's really fun to drive. And I like the way it looked. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, hate on Hyundai and Kia. But you know what? They're awesome cars. Um, Over the years they've gotten a lot better And they look good I really like the new Elantra And they redesigned it And of course within a couple of weeks of me buying The 2021 Elantra SEL They announced the inline I think for next year Maybe the year after I can't remember The inline is going to be A 2 liter turbocharged 4 cylinder And it's going to have almost 300 horsepower And it's going to have It's just going to be awesome and it's gonna come in this uh, baby blue with red trim color that I really really like. I wish that I I wish that I'd known about it. I definitely would have waited. Um, but it's a car I liked. But I looked at like I said, I looked at those. Um, the Civic Type R was something I was looking at. Uh, but they were just very they're expensive. They're valuable. Those cars are very valuable, um, and people were, are willing to pay a lot for them. So that wasn't a car that was uh, unfortunately it was gonna be an option. Uh, the newer ones. Not I wasn't gonna get anything too old. Uh, the I like the new Accords. I really like the way the new Accords looked. Um, but couldn't find a lot of those. Um, Some other cars that I looked at, one was a Chevy Malibu. The other was a Chevy uh, Impala, uh, some of the newer ones, because I like the new body styles and they're larger cars. um, But they were quite expensive, too, even with a couple years old on them. Um, To get anything with the body style that I liked was going to be well over $30,000. And so I decided to walk away from those for now. Um, I looked at a Ford Focus hatchback because that was one of the cars that when I got the Ford Focus, one of the cars that I really, really wish that I could have found is the RS version of that. If there's one I've seen around here, but I could not find very many for sale at all, um, and a lot of them are very expensive. They're valuable because they're going to be stop. Uh, they're going to stop manufacturing them here pretty soon, so they're going to be they're going to be pretty valuable. And so there there just wasn't a whole lot of them, and the ones that I did found are very expensive. So that kind of you know put the kibosh on that one. Uh, so yeah, I went with the Elantra. Um, it's a good-looking car. I like it. I like the color and everything. The first thing I'm going to change, though, as soon as I get a chance, is the rims. They're too small and they're just too, like, blocky. They're big. They're not big. Okay, so they're small diameter-wise, but there's too much material in it. It just looks odd to me. So I'm and it's like a sixteen-inch rim. I'm going to get eighteen-inch rims. For it once I need tires, I'm going to keep the same exact tire, same size and everything. The only thing I'm going to do is get it obviously with a larger rim diameter because I do like the look of like the limit and the inline, the rims that came with them. And I think those are, I want to say those are 17s and those look decent, but I think I'm going to go with 18s. I don't know. I'm going to look. Um, there's not a lot made for this car yet as far as aftermarket stuff uh, to look at. Uh, you can find rims in the same bolt pattern, you know, obviously. But there's not a lot of people that have gone out and done a lot of stuff to this car. So it's hard to get a gauge for what the car will look like with certain rims on it. But that's where I'm at as far as cars go. Um, Not a crazy history or anything. But just giving you guys a background of uh, what I've got. Just in case anybody's interested, I guess. Um, And we'll get into other stuff too. But now we're going to go into motorcycles. Because I'm not leaving motorcycles off this list. They have been a large part of my life. Most of my life. Starting with... Uh, when I was six or seven, I think, I was I was right around that age, my dad got me a KX60. It was either a KX60 or a KX65, I can't remember, and it terrified me. Uh, it was a two-stroke, just a little single-cylinder dirt bike, for the, if you guys don't know, uh, just a two-stroke little single-cylinder dirt bike meant for children, and it was loud, and it could haul the mail if you knew how to ride it. And so it terrified me. at Being six or seven years old, and so I don't I don't remember riding it very often. Um, but I did stay interested in motorcycles. Eventually, getting other types of dirt bikes, a uh, RMZ 450 and um, DRZ 400, which incidentally was my first uh, street bike. We'll get into that. Um, I had we went through a um, a quad phase for a little bit. I had my first quad was a TRX 400. Uh, I got into racing with that flat track racing with that. That led to me, my dad and my brother getting all LTR 400s. Um, and then lowering and raising or lowering and racing those, um, fuel commanders and air filters and exhausts and, uh, Maxis tires with bead locks and all kinds of stuff we did to him. We were those for a while. Um, me and my dad both won races and championships. My brother didn't race really long enough and it wasn't his thing. He wasn't really interested in it. Um, but then we went back to motorcycles. Uh, I didn't have another quad. I think my next bike was the RMZ was the RMZ 450. Uh, my dad, he had a few, my brother had had a few like KX 250, stuff like that. My dad had a CRF, I think 400 or 450. Uh, and then eventually he got a, like a dual sport, not really a supermoto, but like a dual sport, um, Honda, I can't remember what it has, but it comes with like a light and stuff like that, and you can plate it. In In California, you can plate it. If you guys don't listen to this in California, uh, there are some states that don't care, you know, as long as you register it. In California, there's all kinds of restrictions and stuff that you have to do to be able to take these things on the road. Uh, So my first street bike was a DRZ400SM. I cannot remember what year it was. I don't remember how we even found it. I don't remember how it was even brought up i don't remember anything i just remember having it and it was the kind of bike that i would uh when we didn't go out to the desert to ride we would throw the street tires and stuff on it and i would ride it to work or whatever uh when we went out to the desert we would just throw some smaller rims with um or larger rim sorry with uh larger diameter narrower rims with dirt tires on them and then i'd ride it on the desert and it was not a great dirt bike it wasn't a great street bike either it was just kind of an in-between uh, but anyway, that was kind of my first uh, street foray into street bikes, and I, I liked it. I liked it a, a lot. It was fun to ride. It was light. It was nimble. It was not fast. It was not powerful. Um, I think at the most it might have been able to do 70, 80 miles an hour, something like that, nothing great. Um, I remember riding it to work a lot. The problem was I rode it up and down the highway, and so it was stayed wound out. You know, whatever, it didn't have a tack, so I don't even know what the RPMs were. Uh, but it stayed wound out a lot. And I wrote it a lot, um, six, sometimes seven days a week for about 20 to 30 minutes of time. Um, and I it was, I don't know, a few years. I want to say three years, two years, maybe, maybe two or three years. Um, and then it finally burned a hole in the um, cylinder wall uh, coming home from work one night. And so I had replaced the whole thing and I uh, got a kit for it to do from 400 to 440 and so it was a whole sleeve and piston and all that stuff that you needed to, to convert everything over. And I could tell the difference. It had a little more oomph to it, little, definitely more torque, obviously, with a bigger piston. Um, it didn't change anything as far as top end or anything like that goes, um, but it did get up and go uh, easier. It was much easier to get it, uh, the front wheel off the ground. You know, if you really want to try with a 400, it was not great. Um, you could do it in first gear, no problem. Second gear was, uh, if you knew what you were doing, you could do it in the second gear. After that, you were pretty much screwed. Uh, with the gearing that mine had. Um, and then with that 440, I could—I think I could pick the front wheel up well into third gear. And after that, it was kind of difficult. So I had that until 2014, I think. And I can't, I don't remember what. Oh, I do remember what. My stepfather had a 2005 uh, Kawasaki ZX-10R. He had it in, uh, in the I can't remember the name of the color. It was like this, uh, this goldish silver, this real light silver, but it almost had gold to it. I, and I want to say it was called like titanium or something. It was some special anniversary paint that they did. And he bought for whatever reason he bought that one. And so he had had it for he had bought it for showroom. He bought it from from the showroom, and then he'd had it for about ten years. Uh, or not quite ten years, because I think I bought this in 2013, 2012, 2013. Um, and so he offered it to me. and He's like, "I'm going to sell it." And he goes, "But if you want it, you can buy it. i not. I won't post on anything. Like you could just, you can just buy it from me." So I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know, a real street bike. Being, I don't know, 22 or however old I was. You know, a real street bike. Not thinking, I really don't need a leader bike right now. I mean, I have a lot of ride. Even then, I had a lot of ride experience, but I didn't need a bike like that. There was no reason for me to have that. It was a homologated race bike, pretty much. It was it had tail lights, blinkers, headlights, and uh, a California exhaust on it. And it was pretty much it. Other than that, it was well. I think it may have had a cat. I think it may have had a cat in it. I don't remember. Um, but that's all it was. And the thing was insane. Uh, I think the first week, maybe the within, definitely within the first month, I had it. I was driving out in the, or I was riding out in the country, going somewhere, and I, there was this long stretch of road that I knew that had only a handful of intersections and no um, no stop signs, no stop lights or anything like that. Not that that justified anything at all. But I decided to take it and see what I could do. And I think I got up to whatever its limit was, which was like 205 or 210, 208, something in there. It had a weird, it was an oddball number. Um, but I took it all the way up to its limit. And I remember when I hit it, I thought something went wrong because all of a sudden the bike, the, it wouldn't go anymore. There was no more power because obviously you could feel the power. You could feel it like pulling, and all of a sudden there was nothing. And so I thought it broke something at first. I thought it blew it up, um, and then I just realized that it just it cuts off. It gets to that speed limit and then just cuts off the throttle or whatever. However, exactly it works, and then it takes a second or two, and then it will kick the throttle back on again. And so I lifted, and you know, doing going that fast, you cover ground in no time at all. And then I remember slowing all the way back down to I think I was doing like 110 or 120 and I felt like I was crawling I felt like I could get off of the bike and walk next to it that's how the difference in speed felt that bike was awesome um I want to say it only weighed I want to say it only weighed maybe 400 pounds I think dry I think with a full tank of gas and then me on it it was like 650 or so um, but dry, it was, you know, I want to say it was like about 400 pounds and it was something like 180 horsepower, um, stock. Uh, this one had, didn't have anything done to it. Uh, and then I got it. I put an exhaust on it and then I tuned the ECU a little bit. So I don't, it, it bumped up the horsepower a little bit, maybe, maybe five horsepower. It wasn't a lot. Um, it was noticeable obviously cause the thing doesn't weigh anything, but it, it, it wasn't a lot. It was a quick bike. It was very fun. It was a lot of fun, but way too much for a 22 year old kid to have. I, there was no reason for me to have it. Um, and I kept that for, I kept that until 2014, the summer of 2014. Um, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to get something more reasonable, that's more comfortable, um, that's going to be a little bit cheaper to maintain, uh, and is going to be f- easier to find parts for, uh, better on gas, cheaper insurance, all those types of things. I just needed something. And so I decided to sell it. So as I was looking around, I was looking at all kinds of different stuff. I wasn't really sure what I wanted. I was looking around uh, just different websites and and forums and things just just to find, just to see if there was anything at all that I would be interested in because I really didn't know what I want. I only had the experience with the DRZ and then the ZX-10 and that was it. It was really the only experiences I had. I knew I didn't like Harleys. I knew that I didn't like those types of motorcycles. Uh, They're very popular, but that's just not my thing. I just don't like them. Um, I like something that's that's light and fast and nimble. That's just my thing. Um, and so I, I really wasn't sure what to look for. So near me, where I lived at the time, was a Yamaha dealership. There was, I mean, there's a bunch. There's Yamaha Honda. There's a Kawasaki. There might be a Suzuki dealership even. Um, but there was a Yamaha dealership. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go over there and just see what they've got and see if I can test trade anything and see if I can figure out what I want. Because I don't really know. And I went over there and they had the first, it was the brand new, it was a 2015 FZ07. They had a couple on the floor. They had um, the black one that had like the blue rims and the blue frame, uh, which I think everybody called it like blurple. Which it was that's what it looked like uh, and they had some of the other ones there was only like three options I think I think it was red blue and then like white maybe some type of white in there and that was in there that was one of the first things I saw and they had the fco7 as well as the fco9 uh in there and they had they had some other stuff they had some like r ones and r threes and r6s things like that um, but they had these right up front um, and they had four I think three or four fco sevens and then only two fco nines Um, And I immediately liked the FZ07. I did not like the FZ09. I didn't like the styling, the way the the tack, the dash looked, the way the taillight looked. I just didn't like it. But I liked the FZ07. And so I was kind of looking at it. and I was like, hey, is there any way um, I can test trade one of these? Because I'm in the market for a bike. I'm looking for a bike. um, And I don't really know what I want. But I like the way this looks. And I'd like to at least try it. And so they, they were like, yeah, absolutely. They just didn't need my driver's license or whatever. I can't remember. Something like that. And so I got on it, and I rode it down the road maybe a mile or two, if that long. And I was immediately in love with it. I absolutely loved it. It was two-cylinder. It's a, um, let me pull up the specs right now so you guys can kind of see, if you don't happen to know. It's a uh, 689cc liquid-cooled dual-overhead cam, eight-valve parallel twin that runs a cross-plane 270-degree crank. Uh, the peak power was something like 75 horsepower. It wasn't a lot, but the torque was what made it up what made up for it. That thing at low end, first, second, third gear, it could get up and go. The only thing that would beat it was leader bikes. That's the only thing that would beat. I could keep up with 600s until we got to like I don't know, until I got to fourth gear maybe and then there was I just couldn't keep up. It was not a fast bike, but it had plenty of torque. And it was a ton of fun, and it was you know started pretty cheap. It was a uh, it weighs about three hundred ninety pounds, three point seven gallon tank. It had fifty five point one inch wheelbase. Uh, the seat was about thirty one inches off the ground, thirty two inches off the ground, um, which was a, for me was a tad short. It was just a little too short, um, but it it was I didn't really notice it that much, and I could stiffen up that rear shock and raise it up just enough to make it comfortable. I knew that, so I, I wasn't too worried about it. But anyway, so I drove it down the road, maybe a mile or two. There's a church, I think, a parking lot down the road. So I pulled into the parking lot. It was empty. This was like a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was empty. And so I just started driving it around at low speed, like, like idling pretty much first gear and just driving it around, um, uh, hooking back and forth and leaning over and just seeing what it felt like. And the thing felt amazing. It was so much comfort. It was so much more comfortable than that ZX10, and riding it felt like uh, like it was just connected to my brain. It was I didn't have to think about it. I didn't even have to think about it. It just uh, it did what I wanted to do without even really having to do anything. It was awesome, um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and so I, I think I wrote it, maybe another couple of minutes, and then I wrote it back, and I was like, "Yep, this will work." So I was like, all I got to do is sell all this other bike. Um, I'm going to go get a check from the bank, and then I'll be back. And I was like, hopefully by next weekend. And so I sold the ZX-10 to some other kid uh, who was younger than I was. I think he was 17 or 18 <laughs> when he bought it from me. And I told his dad, I was like, are you sure you, you want him to buy this? This is insane for somebody who's like, and it was one of his first bikes too. He He told us. His dad told uh, me, and uh, I think, I don't know who's was helping me move it around until, it might have been my dad, might have been my brother, I don't remember, but he was like, yeah, it's one of my first bikes. I was like, "That this is insane for somebody who's on their first bike. Like, this was a lot for me, and I have years and years of experience. Like, that's insane. Uh, but, you know, his dad was like, yeah, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. I was like, okay. Um, and so I sold it to them uh i think i think this was like the next weekend i was able to finally go get everything from my bank and then i went over there and uh picked it up and i got the blue one the it was the whole bike was pretty much black except for the frame uh the subframe and then the rims Uh, those were that uh, blue purple that blurple color everything else was like black or a shade of black like the tank was like like a glossy plastic and then the shrouds were like uh almost a carbon fiber texture. A lot of the stuff around the headlights was like a carbon fiber texture. Um, It was like the transmission cover. Is it the transmission cover? No. I can't remember. There's a cover on the right side of of the bike, on the right side of the motor, that was like bronze looking. It was kind of a strange color. Um, But beyond that, everything was pretty much black. The one thing I did not like about that bike, though, just right off the top, because I'm looking at pictures right now, is the... Totally open exposed radiator. It was, the fins and everything were totally exposed to everything. So it it was a pain in the ass cleaning that thing out. Every time I cleaned it out, I had to sit there and scrub it and, and be really careful and take this little fine brush and get everything out of it because it kept getting plugged or it kept bending fins or whatever. And it was a pain in the ass. It was the one thing I didn't like about the bike. Other than that, the bike was awesome. I loved it. So anyway, so I bought it um they had a they had some special going on i got like a free built helmet i think was no it wasn't built i don't remember it was a really really good helmet brand and they were having a a sale where if you bought a, a new bike a new bike off the showroom not a used bike uh you got a free helmet pretty much and i can't remember what the name of the brand was it wasn't built built is that cheap um cycle gear brand It was not built. What brand? I can't remember what it was. It was really cool. It was blue. Um, It had like a a demon or something on it that glowed in the dark. It was awesome. It was a really cool helmet. I just can't think of the name of the brand now. Uh, But anyway, so I had that from 2014 um, until, I think until after. So I had the bike. I rode it. I used it for everything as much as I could. Obviously, unless the weather it was terrible. Up until, I think up until I started the police academy. When I started the police academy, uh, I still had the bike. I just couldn't use it um, because obviously going to the academy and everything, bringing all my stuff with me, there wasn't, the bike wasn't going to work. Um, so I had to go get a cheap, crappy Focus, which I told you guys about already. And so um, went through the academy, graduated from the academy, um, went to, I got hired at Stockton, Stockton PD. Um, and I couldn't take, I could take the bike with me, but it wasn't, I had nowhere to put it at the moment and it wasn't worth the time of trying to put it on a trailer or riding it up there or whatever. So I just kind of had to leave it here. I left it in my dad's garage with the hopes of being able to quickly get out of that apartment that I was in and get into a house and then have a place to put the bike. Uh, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Uh, maybe six months into it, I just said, you know what? Uh, my brother's been riding the bike a lot. He likes it. Uh, you know, I'm gonna see if he wants it. Otherwise, I'm just gonna sell it because I'd rather just buy a bike up here. You know, later I don't have time to focus on um, uh, shopping for a bike or anything right now, and I don't have anywhere to put it anyway. So let's just wait and see what happens. And so I sold it to my brother, um, and he kept it for a little while. He had other. He had a bunch of other w- weird bikes too. He's now he's into Harleys. My dad's, or uh, my brother's really big into Harleys, um, specifically Dinah's. He has an Instagram page, actually, uh, called Dinah Dads. And that's pretty much all it's about is, you know, motorcycles and fathers and stuff like that. Um, but he had the FC for a little while, and then he sold it and had other stuff. after that. But since then, I have not had a motorcycle. I've all, I've wanted one. I really wanted one, but it's just not been at the top of the list of things, of priorities of things that I need to do. Uh, you know, having a kid, obviously, that's kind of the priority. I live in an apartment now, so I obviously don't have anywhere to put the motorcycle, and I'm not going to just leave it outside in a parking spot or something because people walk away with that stuff all the time. It's not worth the headache of dealing with insurance and stuff. So I just haven't had one for a while. Um, I've been keeping my eye open for stuff just in case you know an opportunity presents itself for whatever reason. Um, but recently, I've had a lot of my family move back east. And we're on our way. Me and my wife and my daughter are going to be on our way here in the next couple of years. Um, so I don't really have anywhere to put it anymore. So that's kind of been on hold. I still look every now and then just because I, f- I feel like if I don't, it's I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. I have to look. I like motorcycles so much. And I really, really, really want one again. And I've honestly, I have been looking uh, at the FCO7s. Um, I think, see, the specs I gave you guys were for the 2015. I don't know what the new ones are and i think that they may have changed the names they might be mt07 now they may have changed away from the fc07 to the mt07 yeah it looks like it okay so let's see what the new because that's more than likely what i would get is i would just get an fc again that bike was so flippin' awesome. It was so comfortable. There was I had no complaints whatsoever, other than like I said, the radiator issue. Other than having that exposed, I loved that flippin' bike. Um, so these new ones, they're starting at seventy seven hundred dollars for the twenty twenty one model. Um, ooh, it looks. It's very very similar to the twenty fifteen. Very similar, um the biggest changes I noticed right off the bat, obviously colors those shiny change over here. um the shrouds on the tank or the the plastic cover in the tank are all one piece and being instead of being separate, like four pieces, I think three or four pieces it's now one large piece with one piece underneath it, probably to get to you know small stuff um the seat looks a tad longer. The taillight looks exactly the same. The blinkers on the back look thinner like LEDs probably instead of just giant uh, halogen bulbs or whatever came on the other ones. Uh, the exhaust looks the same. The motor looks the same. The radi- Oh, it looks like they put a mesh grill, like a black mesh grill over the radiator for the 2021, which would have been my biggest complaint. And then the headlight. The headlight looks like it's a tiny little square. I mean, it doesn't look much bigger than a business card. But it looks awesome. And I think it's an LED. Let's go to specifications. It looks like an LED. Um, Still 689cc, liquid cooled, four-stroke, dual overhead cam, four valves per cylinder. Still 11.5 to 1, six-speed. And then, oh, it doesn't say. Third, this is the third generation. Okay. Colors and graphics, blah, 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 blah. With the new LED lighting for the position lights, headlight, and both front and rear turn signals, the 2021 MTO7 exhibits clear and powerful illumination with the modern design. Yeah, so they're all LEDs now instead of being all halogen. Um, the 2015 that I got, everything was halogen, and I switched. I almost immediately switched all the blinkers to L- to small, low-profile LEDs because they look just, they look stupid. Those halogens just were giant. Um, the headlight. Did I change that to an HID? I might have because it was just so much brighter and it was one bulb. So there was no reason I didn't have to worry about having a ballast and all that other stuff. So it was pretty awesome. I think it did levers. But yeah, these, see, I, w- I wouldn't change those. Those look pretty good. Uh I would change the rear, the, like the license plate holder, just because those are always stupid and ugly. But if I got rid of the reflectors and stuff, that thing would look pretty cool. So I'll post a picture of that on the Instagram. If you guys don't know, I have an Instagram for this page now. Uh Gasoline and Caffeine Podcast or the Gasoline and Caffeine Pod. I can't remember. Uh it'll the link will be in the show notes so you guys can find it. But I'll post pictures to all this stuff that I'm talking about. So you guys can see what I'm talking about when you know when I talk about this stuff, you guys can go check out Instagram and understand what I'm seeing. Uh but yeah, that's for this episode. That's what I wanted to talk about. And then one more thing. Um, I found this the other day, uh, browsing through my. It was on my phone. Every now and then, I'll just scroll through the. It, it's usually not a good idea, just with all the crap that's going on lately. But I scroll through the like Apple News part of my phone just to see, because uh, I don't have Facebook or anything anymore. I didn't have an Instagram for a while until I started the Instagram for this. Um, I got rid of all, everything. I got rid of everything. I was just tired of looking at stuff, and it has it has nothing to do with me thinking I'm better than anybody else or anything. I just got tired of seeing all the crap that's going on. It just wasn't worth looking at anymore. I didn't care. Anyway, so I scroll through that every now and then, and I have a section specifically for motorsports and cars. So I wanted to show this to you guys. I'll post it on Instagram. Um, They have a website. I'll probably post the website too. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this the right way. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, Uh, but it is – this car that I want to talk about is called. It's from a company called Pike or Peak, P I E C H. Uh, it's a guy named Anton Pike um, who owns and operates Pike Automotive. I want to say that's Switzerland. Uh, the story doesn't say. Of course, it doesn't say. But it is a new electric car, an electric GT car. Uh, he talked about this in twenty nineteen. Uh, And now it's getting ready to launch here in a couple years. Um, It is called the Pike GT Mark Zero Concept. So, it is uh, four thousand pounds. Think it can go three hundred miles on a charge. Um, It's two door, two seat. Obviously, there's you know it's battery powered. Uh, Weight distribution is similar to like a mid-engine sports car. It's forty percent front, sixty percent rear. Um, It weighs just under 4,000 pounds. And it goes 0 to 60 under 3 seconds, 0 to 124 miles an hour in less than 9 seconds. it will go about 311 miles on a charge. And then I wanted to say it has the equivalent of like 600 horsepower. But this, the like, I mean, all that stuff's nice and good. I don't know how much it's going to cost. Probably stupid expensive. But it just looked good to me. It looks like... It looks like a miniature Austin Martin with the front end of maybe like it was inspired maybe by like Fiat. Like the grill opening looks almost like a Shelby Cobra. The headlights look almost like a Fiat, um, like a little MX-5 looking Fiat. I can't remember what that is. But the headlights kind of look like that. And then the rest of it almost looks like a miniature Austin Martin. Think like a Jaguar F-Type but not quite as aggressive not quite it's softer everything's rounder it's not as sharp it's not quite as aggressive um it's that long hood short tail kind of thing and it just looks really good um it's like i said two seat it the rear looks awesome the back end just looks amazing on it if that's the way it stays it looks really really cool uh, but it's going to be an electric supercar of set to debut in 2024 at some point. It, I can't see uh, in this story anyway. This is from Autoblog.com. This says anything about a price point or a specific release date. It doesn't say anything at all. Um, so that could, you know, that could be anything there oh right there okay so volumes are unsurprisingly modest with 1200 units planned for the first full year okay so that's nothing compared to a lot of cars and my guess is it's the price is going to reflect that um the battery pack is sourced from a chinese company called destin it brings up a 75 kilowatt hour capacity said to power the gt for 300 miles uh the battery's pouch technology keeps them lightweight and provides them Improved thermal management, and the chemistry has advanced quite a bit in the years since the Coupe's debut. Plugging it into a 350-kilowatt fast charger is said to restore 80% of the battery in eight minutes. And they're working with another company on a proprietary charger that can refill the battery 80% in five minutes. That's insane. That's fast. Oh, there we go. So, uh... Two doors, two seats, batteries range in a T-shape along a center tunnel in the cockpit and across the your axle. And three, 150 kilowatt, which is basically 201 horsepower electric motors. One motor is on the front axle, the other two at the rear for 603 combined horsepower. The weight distribution is similar, like I said, uh, four, just under 4,000 pounds. It's about the same as an Austin Martin DBS. If you compare it with a Porsche 911, the GT is 5.5 inches shorter, 6 inches wider, and sits 2 inches lower. Hmm. So those are pretty amazing specs with the little electric car. It looks good. I'm gonna save some pictures and post them on Instagram, so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. The car looks really good. There's not a whole. There's only like one interior shot, and even then, it doesn't show like the dash, or steering wheel, or anything. It's just like the inside of the driver's side door. So the interior design may not be finalized yet, uh, but I mean, it looks decent. Nothing, not, and nothing crazy, you know, nothing right home about. But it looks all right. Um, But with electric cars, the things I always like with the technology there is the dashes. Just everything's just one big screen. I just love it. It looks awesome. But, yeah, so I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, I'll post it on Instagram, like I said. The Instagram link will be in the uh, show notes so you guys can go to it and see this stuff. Um, And then I'll include a link to the website for this car so you guys can look at it too. Um, And then you guys can, you know, drop comments or whatever and tell me what you think of the car or if there's something you guys want me to talk about. When it comes to that car or anything else, really. Uh, So that was uh, pretty much up to today with uh, cars and motorcycles and everything in my life so far. Um, You know, from from now on, pretty much we'll talk about other stuff like more car news probably or things that I just I find interesting things I want to talk about. I am a huge race fan, uh, all kinds of stuff, Formula One, uh, IndyCar, NASCAR uh rally cross all that stuff so I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff. Um I think in next week we'll probably talk about the NASCAR playoffs that are going on a little bit because uh, that's something that you know I usually always kept up with. So I'll talk about that a little bit and my driver and all that stuff. We'll see what's going on. I think they're going to the roval. As I'm recording this, the roval will be tomorrow. Tomorrow night or to uh maybe the day after that. I'm not sure, but um, I think that's where they're at. Which should be the finale of the round of twelve, and then we'll go to the round of eight, and then it'll be the the championship four. Um, and then we'll probably talk about a little bit of Formula One stuff too. Whatever you know, whatever stuff I can find, the the that uh, I feel like talking about for an episode. And like I said, if you guys listen and you want me to talk about something, or you have a story you want me to talk about, um, you know, questions, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, just send them in, and and we'll we'll find something. You know, we'll talk about it. I'll address it on the show. We'll talk about it and tell your story or whatever. Um, Guests are something I do want to do on the show at some point. Um, I I would like to have guests eventually. I just don't know really how I would do it. You know, probably over Discord or something like that to begin with. Um, But for now, it's probably just going to be me talking until we can get something going, maybe, you know, a bigger following, things like that. So uh, this has been Gasoline and Caffeine. My name's Cameron. Thank you guys for listening today. Uh, I'm going to try to start putting out episodes every week. This one's going to be a, like a daylight um, just because I got interrupted last night recording and everything. And then uh, with work and all that, it just got all screwed up. Uh, so this one's going to come out on Saturday instead of a Friday. Uh, but I'm going to try to release it on Fridays every week. I'm going to try to do that. We'll see how that works, keeping up with that schedule. If it's just not – if it's just too much – and I can't keep up, or I just don't have enough to record every week, then we'll move it to every other week, bi-weekly or whatever, semi-weekly, whatever that is, and, you know, go from there. Uh, so, like I said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you can go visit the Instagram, uh, like the, the pictures, follow, send in your, your questions, your comments, uh, stories, things like that, suggestions, whatever you want, uh, anything at all. Uh, just don't be afraid to say anything. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Uh, you know let us know how we're doing leave a comment on there if you want to Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Anchor FM and I know there's a few others because Anchor FM automatically distributes I just don't know what they are off the top of my head because there's there's a lot that I just they're small and I don't use Uh, but yeah we're available on all the major ones anyway Uh, so go find us give us a rating uh, review follow us on Instagram send us in questions suggestions whatever uh, but that's enough rambling for me again thank you guys for listening to episode two of the gasoline and caffeine podcast my name is Cameron I will see you guys next time